Welcome to the Sisters of Industry, a weekly podcast where a shared bloodline combined with divergent professional experiences set the stage for great conversation on doing work that matters. With Laura's global corporate experience and Jen's nonprofit startup experience, the sisters will provide you with insights that can be used to help you lead and work better starting now. We're here to make you laugh, make you think, and make you more industrious in your professional and personal life. I'm Jen, and I'm thankful 2021 is almost over. Are we allowed to say that? I'm Laura, and I'm also thankful 2021 is almost over. Yes, we are allowed to say that. That's a Thanksgiving decree. It's that time of year, which means we're ready to share the 2021 edition of all of our Thanksgiving from the ridiculous to the serious. But before we get there, and without going a second farther in this episode, we want to say how thankful we are for you, our listeners. Thank you for engaging in our conversation, adding to it, and just generally showing up for life with us. You inspire us with your industry, your creativity, and your passion. We wish you all the best this holiday season. And without further ado, here we go with our sharing of that for which we are thankful. Okay, Laura, I love doing this episode each year. It's a fun opportunity for us to feed right into the season and talk about the things we're thankful for, which a lot of people do. And I'm gonna go on a really quick rant right out of the gate. Is that okay? I'm thankful it's you and not me. So it fits right in. <laughs> okay. So, and it's, it's not so much a rant so much as maybe it's a, a, a soapbox. I don't even know what it is, but a, a brief thing of that does come from a, a message I'm getting ready to preach this Thanksgiving too. But it's about the fact that if we don't set aside a time to give thanks, we all know that it passes us by. And so if you look at the history of Thanksgiving, not the history we usually look at, right? We usually look at the Pilgrims and the Wampanoag tribe. I did look that up for my message. Wow, um, Jen, so way to go. drop that. Wampanoag. Right. The Wampanoag. So that's, you know, that's the traditional Thanksgiving story that we tell. Um, however, like throughout history, since there've been people, there've been autumn and fall harvests and people coming together to do that kind of thing. But what happened in our nation is that George Washington, a few years after the Revolutionary War had ended, the first federal Congress was in session. And before they went to recess, they asked him to make a presidential proclamation, setting aside a day of public Thanksgiving. And so, of course, Washington makes this proclamation and it's decided that everybody's going to stop what they're doing and give thanks and have a celebration. And so then for years, this continued happening, only it was always different times. It was even different months that Thanksgiving would happen all the way up until Abraham Lincoln. So now we've jumped from like 1786 up to 1863. And President Lincoln decides that it's going to be the last Thursday every November. And so, you know, his presidential proclamation of giving thanks is, okay, the last Thursday of every November, we're going to be super thankful collectively, which was great until 1939. Are you still hanging with me? Isn't this fun? 
until 1939 in the midst of the Great Depression when FDR's advisors told him that the last Thursday of the month was going to actually fall on the last day of November, thereby shortening the holiday shopping season in a way that was going to really impact the economic recovery we so badly needed. And so they convinced him to change it into the Thursday prior to that. Only people got really mad. Small shop owners got mad because they decided it was going to mess up their shopping season because then the big stores wouldn't be crowded enough and people wouldn't come to their stores. Football schedules got messed up because, yes, in America, we've been mad about that forever. So people were mad about football schedules changing. And so half of the states celebrated on one Thursday and the other half were making their first turkey while everybody else was eating leftovers a week later. And we did this for two years. We did it like states did it on different days. Like, in fact, one was even called Franksgiving. There was Thanksgiving and Franksgiving for Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Okay. And then um, finally in 1941, so that happened for two years. In 1941, everybody decided we needed to give thanks again together because it felt really petty that we were splitting hairs over this time to set aside to give thanks. And so the house... Um, made this past this um, thing saying that it was going to be the last Thursday of the month. The Senate offered an amendment saying, let's do the fourth Thursday in November. And ever since 1941, it has been the fourth Thursday in November. Do you feel better for knowing that? Well, you just unleashed a whole lot of history on us, Jen, (laughs) but I do find it fascinating (laughs) Listen, I live with the history teacher and I did not know that. And I actually find it really interesting that our nation went through two years of having messed up Thanksgiving schedules. Um, And I do feel like we should be careful because right now I feel like this could just be one more thing people could get some ideas about um, in how to do things differently (laughs) in the United States where like, you know, red states do Thanksgiving one day and blue another. God save us all. Right. So. Yeah, it is fascinating how we let ridiculous things divide us. And maybe that's the lesson I take from that is what um, is one of the whole point of Thanksgiving is to be thankful for that, which is good and not to bicker over that, which is bad. However, it really does interestingly speak to how the economic impact of even a holiday is so meaningful to us as a nation. I'll tell you one of my favorite things that continues to unfold. In this episode last year, one of the things we talked about being thankful for was that despite a difficult year, one of the things that the COVID environment had highlighted was that people needed to be home for Thanksgiving and get that day of rest and thanks with their family. And I am loving that even this year where things are a bit more, quote, normal, Um, that a lot of stores are still staying closed on Thanksgiving again Mm -hmm. this year. And I think that is just, if I think that is a wonderful thing in the spirit of things that we learned last year that we need to hold on to. So I will say and start the thankful episode by saying, I'm so thankful that as a nation, we've come back together on some of the things that matter most. And one of those is pausing for time for thankfulness and family and friends and closing target for God forbid, 24 hours. Yes. Okay. That's a good kickoff. All right. And that was the reason for that whole historical um, rabbit trail that I took us on was just the fact that we really do need the intentionality of stopping. We need the intentionality of saying that, yes, we should be thankful all the time, 
but it's still important that every now and then we do it intentionally, we do it on purpose, we do it together, and we stop the other things so that we can make it a priority. So that's what you and I are going to do for the next few minutes. And like you already said, everything from the ridiculous to the serious, we've got things that we're thankful for. So in addition to some of the stores being closed, Laura, what are you thankful for? So I'll start in like the ridiculous and mundane. I am thankful for York peppermint patties. This is my candy of choice. And how you eat them. So um, very specifically, the 50 calorie miniature size individually wrapped because I keep them, I keep them in a drawer. I'm not going to even lie a drawer in my bathroom and I have one every night at bedtime. So there is an intimate look into Lara's life. That's a new habit I have established in the last year as I've done a lot of health, health and wellness work in my life. And I've kind of embraced this. Everybody deserves a treat, a little bit of a treat to send them off into sweet dreams. And mine is that little peppermint patty to just say, good night, Lara. Enjoy. That's amazing. That's amazing. I like the mini ones that aren't wrapped that I can put in my freezer but then I eat a whole bunch of them. So the mini is probably meaningless. But I love that. Well, I, keep, I love that. Yeah. 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 So peppermint patty. So Jen, okay, well, I know there's a candy. So join me in the say, ridiculous. What's your thankful candy before we get more serious? What's yes, your thankful candy? I will candy? exchange you candy for candy. Mine is Albanese sour gummies. I will Oh, have those are the ones that them. like TJ Maxx. Yes, they yeah. sell them at TJ Maxx, and they sell them in some of the other stores. A lot of the stores don't have the smaller bags anymore, which I don't find problematic to be all at all, because as you keep your York peppermint patties in your drawer in your bathroom before bed, I keep the mega bags of Albany's sour gummy bears in my office, and nice. I feel like it not only is a sign to everybody around me when my stress level changes that the bag is out. But it's also an offering to my team because they regularly find their way into my office when they're like, give me the bag of gummy gummy bears. So I like it. I like it. For Albany's sour gummies. I think that is a wonderful thing. Okay, I'm going to see your gummies and take you to a more serious thankful item for this year. Um, Mine in particular, I'm going to take this moment to acknowledge that I am so thankful for my women's Bible study group that has reformed this fall. Um, And I'm naming that one really specifically because it's been a change up this fall, but it's so delightful to be able to be together on a regular basis. And this particular group of women, I have found accountability to both being serious about some study, but also accountability to being fun and taking care of ourselves and taking care of one another um, in this newer group that I'm in. So that's something that I am particularly thankful for this year. Because, And I realized how much I was missing that in my life, especially during COVID when things like that were just really difficult to have happening on a regular basis. I like, I think that's a great one. Okay. I'll, I'll exchange you this one for another relational, the people in our lives that we're thankful for. And mine is specifically my 12 year old. And even more specifically because of his relatively newfound interest, fascination, we'll even say obsession with stand up comedy. And the reason I'm so thankful for it is A, because we all need more laughter in our life. And the fact that this has become a very like thing that he wants to listen to and then share all the time. And then he does his own jokes. It has just brought so much laughter consistently into our home. And so between the joy on his face, 
the hysterical jokes and people that he's discovered on this journey are adding, um, you know, all jokes aside, see what I did there, um, a really mm -hmm. great piece but to our family dynamic um, that's just been one of my just top, super fun, so thankful for this current interest of my 12-year-old. I think one of my big things for 2021 is I take this intentional time for gratitude, and we're really trying to be very intentional about it this year. Even that Bible study group I referenced a little bit ago, we just finished a study talking about um, gratefulness as God would intend it. And part of the way God intended it was for it to be very specific and for it to be out loud. We're consistently told mm. that taking the time to voice it out loud is a key component to gratitude. And I like giving voice to these things that we take for granted. And one of them is that we've just pointed out, both of us, these relational things in our lives and how important they are and how critical they are. And I definitely in this year am so thankful for the relationships I have with the girlfriends I meet in Michigan every year, that that girl tribe, for the friends that I know I can text at any time of night if I have an issue, for new friends in book clubs, right? Whatever it might be, so thankful for the relationships that we have. And I even think about that professionally. So some folks might be listening to this podcast going, hey, I come here for some profession, more professional stuff. <laughs> I'm thankful for some of my professional relationships and how they've evolved. I've been through yeah. a huge organizational change in the last couple of weeks, I'm still working it actively at my workplace. And I find myself so thankful for some of the changes around me and the new relationships that I've gotten to form and some of the new accountability. Again, there's that word that's come with some of those new relationships, the challenge some different mm -hmm. people are bringing for me to think differently. This is the stuff that life is made of. And I'm really yeah. just so re feeling very reflective and thankful for that at this point in the year. That's good, Laura. I, I will stay in the work realm for just a second and tell you that one of the things I listed and listeners, this is part of the exercise for Laura and I, we don't script um, these episodes completely, but we did, we did jot our list because we do need to write these things down and be intentional. And from the work realm, one of the ones that I wrote down was restarts and false starts. And specifically, this is me in some ways, I'll own it, trying to make lemonade from lemons. <laughs> um, but in a year that has continued to be challenging in ways that we all hoped we were going to turn the calendar into 2021 and things were going to magically be better, um, it has been in some ways more challenging than 2020 because of the time and the ongoing and all the different things. But specifically for me, what that's meant in um, my work world as we've kicked things back off and started doing, you know, in-person community gatherings again, we had all the anticipation and the opportunity for a restart. So even though we never stopped doing things completely differently and then shifting back felt like a restart and you forget how much you need those. And we do them personally at New Year's or the start of a school year or things like that. But having what felt like a restart organizationally was a lot, it was also a gift. However, quickly on the heels of that came the false start. Um, and you know, down here where I live, the Delta variant went super crazy in August and September. And so we had just gotten everybody back in the door and then in-person school had all started and then everything shut down again for a brief period of time. And in those few weeks, it just, that false start felt crushing. <laughs> and yet, 
it was the instant reminder that restarts don't change everything we brought with us. And so it was an opportunity again to go pick up what did we learn and how does it make us better? So I'm fully acknowledging that this one's on my list a little bit as me trying to find a better way to think through what's been really hard about this year. But I really, Laura, I'm serious when I say I'm thankful for restarts and false starts. Opportunities we never asked for to reset dials. I think that's a fantastic way to put that, Jen. And I think part of our gratitude lesson we all need to be taking is being thankful for the things that don't feel good, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they were bad. They were still, you know, God's intent. They are still an opportunity to be found within. And even if it doesn't feel good or look like the ideal on the surface, there's something in there to be grateful for, even if it is the lesson that you're going to take from it. So I think our maturity is just through the roof (laughs) with our ability to see through and be grateful for these things. So I just want to self-congratulate you for the insight and the maturity that you are showing by saying that you are grateful for that. And it makes me feel (laughs) terrible to know that the next thing on the list that I have is how thankful I am for Dunkin' Donuts lattes (laughs) and how easy it is on the mobile app to add extra shots to my latte. Like I can make, I can move that from two to four shots so easily that it's just an amazing thing. And even better, the app automatically knows, hey, would you like to stick five munchkins on that order? Well, yes, yes, I would. Thank you very much. So, you know, I will downshift our maturity level immensely by acknowledging how thankful I am for technology and how easy it makes me makes it for me to get my caffeine and sugar fix simultaneously. All right. Well, since you're owning your four shots and I'm twitching, just thinking about it. I will four own... shots of caffeine, of caffeine, of caffeine, <laughs> oh, no. caffeine. Well, except that where I'm going next is I will own my thankfulness <laughs> for Cabernet. <laughs> you knew I was going. That's there. awesome. I'm just going to own it. Laura and I were together recently shopping and there was one of those crazy signs that there are for everything these days. And it said something about, um, I cook with wine. Sometimes I even put some in the food (laughs) and it definitely, it it was up my alley because that glass of Cabernet in the evening to just sip slowly and calm my spirit. I'm thankful for it, Laura. I believe I've read that three out of four medical doctors agree that that is an excellent choice for your evening. Something the about antioxidants. your blood pressure. The antioxidants. Yeah, that's it. Anti- yeah. That's what we're saying this year. Okay, that sounds good. I love it. Listen, I even okay. buy into the science that a glass of wine is the same as an hour in the gym. I don't have any idea where they got that, but I'm going with it. <laughs> buy me that sign, please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, I'm going to take us to one more serious one while we're in this thankful banter. And I'm going to say that I am thankful for the gift of honesty and forthrightness. Um, I alluded to this a little bit when I was saying one of the things I'm grateful for is, is my small group Bible study. But I think in a lot of relations, relationships, um, formal or informal, one of the things that I've really developed a healthy respect for and gratitude for over the course of this year is how valuable honesty is being direct and forthright about things. So for example, I don't think this will surprise any of our listeners. I have serious control issues. I mean, serious (laughs) control issues. Um, And I have a group of folks um, some of my friends, some of my ladies in Bible study that are also friends, right? Uh, Old friends, new friends 
it's become a theme in my life that some folks have been holding me accountable to that and being honest with me about that and seeing that in my life. And it's really been helping me over the last couple of months get in, get under control, my issue with control and recognize <laughs> where it is destructive, right? It's a just, it can be a destructive force in my life, both for those around me that I'm trying to control and the environments I'm trying to control, as well as for myself, because I wear myself out trying to touch and control too many things, right? So it's come from the obvious funny where, for example, I was really distressed that our oldest daughter did not allow me to proofread and review her college applications before she submitted. So when she got into her first choice school early decision, um, one of my friends pointed out, fascinating. And when she didn't let you review her application, okay, thank you very much for that tough love, right? <laughs> Little tough love there from one of my nearest and dearest that came through, right? Right down to a friend who's will listens to me in a conversation talking about some things that I need to do that weekend and how I'm going to have John participate in that. And she goes, it seems like you're kind of controlling how he chooses to do his yard work, for example, right? So <laughs> I want to say that I am extremely thankful for the gift of honesty and the people that have been placed in my life that are willing to bring honesty into a relationship because only with that kind of feedback and directness can I grow and improve. And my hope and prayer is that I can take my gratefulness for that and turn it into returning in kind. How can I help others by being honest about what I'm seeing and thinking and hearing? I, I, I'm sitting here, Laura, and you're saying such good things. And I'm also sitting here entertained because I feel like you are in such a, an inspiring way for me, leaning into so much of the relational side of things and the ways you're letting people speak into things and the relationships you're being intentional about making space for. And the last couple things on my list that I'm not even going to take the time to explain are driving alone and limited series podcasts. And so I feel like, I feel like your gratitude is urging me out of apparently the cave I may have built. Um, and and yet I will offer the fact that I'm also, I'm finding joy and gratefulness in some solitude these days. So anyway, okay, Laura, this is a fantastic list that I'm glad we took the time to stop and make and hopefully people enjoyed us sharing. And as much as anything, y'all don't need to know what we're thankful for, but hopefully us sharing a few is, in, is jogging your mind and getting you thinking about what's on your list of things that you're thankful for. We're gonna pause and head down memory lane. Jen, it is time to walk down memory lane. And of course we have to keep our Thanksgiving theme going. Mm -hmm. On this particular memory lane, I want to evoke some memories that we've had in particular as we've gathered with family as kids for Thanksgiving. And our family, two, we always expected two different gatherings. It was the yes. kind of noontime well, gathering with one side of the family, and then the evening gathering with the other side of the family where we did grab some ham. So that was always a nice thing that there was a yeah. ham alternative to mix it up in the evening. Um, so lots of food. And 
very different experiences, but from each of them, there are some very specific things, all based around food, let's just be honest, that Thanksgiving, <laughs> it all comes down to the food, that we grew to love about that. In particular, I'm going to point to one, and then I'll let you take the next. In our first gathering of the year, every year, we of course did the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, American style, and I should say Northeastern American style, because as you mm -hmm. and I have learned, it changes depending on our region, right? So we're yep. talking about cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes and corn, right? So that's how we do it up in these parts. Um, there are no um, collard greens or black-eyed peas or any of that craziness y'all got going down there. sweet potato casserole yeah. down in the south. Yeah. I have added sweet potato casserole to my lineup because the husband loves it. So, but one of the things I always, always, always loved was actually not the food that was at that dinner table, but often as the day progressed, our uncle Jim had a candy cane or some other introduction of Christmas into the moment memento in the form of food, but it was pretty much always a candy cane that he had for us with a little bit of a story over the day. And as I start to get reflective of Thanksgivings and years gone by and the way our families used to gather, to me, that was a really special and one where a little food trinket that really stood out. And I started to really look forward to like that. It's Christmas now, kind of too, peppermint candy cane capstone. Yes. That was such a special thing. And our Uncle Jim was always really special with that anyway. As we walked into that season, he's definitely someone who pointed us towards the giving of the season right out of that place of gratitude. And so you're right. It's the hint. And I think we've talked before in our Thanksgiving reflections how for our family, you know, Thanksgiving definitely turns the dial. And we're actually going to get this to this in core two about when does Christmas begin. But we had this we had this shift that went over and for me it was when we went to the evening thanksgiving there was someone and lara i am just going to own the fact that i don't even remember who it was because dad's extended family was enormous we met in the church basement because it was a whole bunch of people that i didn't even know who everybody was and you just kind of looked around the room and went i i don't even know um but somebody in that family worked in the factory where they made the wreaths and would bring fresh, fresh, fresh. And I'm telling you, you can taste a difference. Y'all call me to the mat, but I'm telling you, you can taste a difference. Fresh from the factory, Reese's Christmas trees, which oh, to yeah. this day, I will say that the trees and the eggs have the correct proportion of peanut butter to chocolate in the Reese's world. Not that I reject the other proportions, but that these are the perfect proportions. And so you get through that Thanksgiving day, we wouldn't eat as much at the second one. And so I would always err towards, I'd have a little bit of ham, but then I'd go looking for um, A, the filled chocolate cupcakes, um, but then also the Reese's tree. No doubt about it. And our Aunt Nancy, Dad's Aunt Nancy, made those chocolate cupcakes with the filling in them that were out of this world. So we were those people that would always be late because we were coming for Thanksgiving number one. And it would essentially be a, hey, y'all, let me go grab my tree and my cupcake. And then we'll be around to chit chat um, in a little <laughs> bit, right? So yes. priorities, people. Such lovely memories. And I think one of my favorite things is just how they tied to the people. I'm on a relational kick for this episode. They tied a very very special people in our lives and we're so thankful not only for this food but for these people as we walk memory lane today 
All right, Jen, welcome back. Continuing on thankful, I'm going to admit that I'm also thankful that I live in a land where I have the freedom to acknowledge the transition from Halloween to Thanksgiving <laughs> to Christmas in whatever way I feel is appropriate for my family Judging and my you. life. Judging so th you. This has become, seriously, guys, like, could we relax a little bit yeah. here? So yeah. jokingly, Jen and I have a thing running, as does most of America with somebody or another, on mm -hmm. when does Christmas start? And traditionally, I would admit we grew up and really until a few years ago, it was always no Christmas decorations, no Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, literally that Friday morning at 4 a.m. it started, but we mm -hmm. waited until then. Yeah. However, over the last, I'm going to say really it's just been the last three or years or so, I've become much more permissive about letting Christmas creep in sooner. So I'm going to begin first with a statement of defense, and then we can debate it for a minute for the entertainment of our listeners. <laughs> so for starters, in Chris, in, when I was in college, we actually did start listening to Christmas music right after Halloween. And our excuse was we didn't have a lot of time together before we would between breaks and going home for Christmas break. We didn't have a lot of time together at college to enjoy Christmas. So we let it in as soon as we could. And it really helped you get through finals and paper season. Right. Mm -hmm. So but here's an adult in the last few years, I have allowed the Christmas decorating to begin earlier than Thanksgiving, I'm going to be the first to admit that I started by the 8th of November this year um, with some of the Christmas decorating. And however, I'd like to say in my defense, I am all about, and I hope this episode proves it, all about the gratitude and the Thanksgiving too. We do not crowd it out, but we have made room for them to coexist in our lives. And I would actually say the inspiration was going to Europe over Thanksgiving a few years ago and realizing that Thanksgiving, that while Americans were at home doing Thanksgiving, Christmas was like all in already in most of the rest of the world because they don't have this United States Thanksgiving barrier sitting out there. So in countries that celebrate Christmas, they were off and running. So this is my defense for the choice to already have two of my four Christmas trees partially decorated and up in my house right now. Jen, okay. I know and you feel differently about it, so go ahead and state your piece, and then we're going to go ahead and move on for the love of well, our listeners, but we will be let them be humored by this. Okay, well, first, because you already told us that you value honesty um, in people giving you feedback, I think our listeners need to know that you were making me listen to Christmas music on October 30th. Like, I just think that everybody needs to know that I made that trip to Pennsylvania a few weeks ago. And the Philadelphia Brass Ensemble's um, Christmas came on in her in her shuffle music play world, and she turned the volume up on me, everybody. She didn't turn it down. She didn't shift to the next thing because it was the weekend of Halloween. She turned up the jam. So when Laura says the, <laughs> that she has made space for this, I just need y'all to know it's it's for real. And then her eldest daughter sent me a text message at 6 a.m. on November 1st, wishing me a Merry Christmas season. So this is something <laughs> that the, um, the Brown family has fully embraced and not in any way to crowd out Thanksgiving. Laura hosts a mean Thanksgiving at her house, and there are plenty of turkeys and all of those things getting ready to happen in that place. So she is being very truthful about that. But they do start earlier than us. And I, I think this is me trying to explain where I am, Laura. And I realize you're fully right that everybody just gets to be where they are. My job 
gets really hectic at Christmas. My job is one of those jobs that obviously I work on Christmas. It's a big deal. People go to church on Christmas a lot of times when they don't go any other time. And that's okay. I want to see all of you at Christmas. Um, and I love Christmas. And I love that that is part of what I do. And the story of Christmas doesn't get old. And so that's a huge, huge thing. But because I have to start planning that part of Christmas in July, I think that's part of the reason I push back on Christmas on my radio and in my house until after Thanksgiving. Because it's like I have to, I, I, I jump all the way into it in this work realm. And then I'm like, but it's not really Christmas because I don't want to take away from all the specialness of the moment by building. And that's probably just a ridiculous way of trying to explain the fact that I am more particular about not listening to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. So, but then I'm all in. And in fact, I think for me, the shift has been that growing up, it was post Thanksgiving, like the very next morning. I think now I'm very much a Thanksgiving day marks the turning point. Like as soon as Santa has shown up at the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, it's, it's go like it is on. I think the key here, Jen, is that I can respect your opinion, even if it's not the one I share. <laughs> and we have made great cases for the fact that we all are living in different scenarios and it's okay to embrace that which works for your family. Exactly. I'm generally not a fan of, I'm not a fan of moral relativism as a general rule, but I think in this case, <laughs> some relativism is appropriate. So there you go, everybody. A really, really deep, not so deep look into when does Christmas really start? Having said that, I think let's spend just the last few minutes of this thankful episode talking about one of the things that I am personally thankful for, and I know you are too, Jen, and it's actually that I am thankful for Advent. So I am very sneakily here doing a let's slide into Christmas portion of our Thanksgiving episode. I'm so thankful you. for I Advent. I see you, Laura. Um, I, I, and you love me, so it's I okay. Do. Um, I am so thankful for Advent. As a kid, the season of Advent, which is the season of waiting and of hope for the arrival of Jesus, right? But it's this pause that we take and this reflective time that we allow to enter into this Christmas season that we are in right now. And for some folks, it might be the fact, you know, you might be someone who is approaching Hanukkah right now and you're looking to something different, but you still have these elements of light and this sense of reflection and extra room for love and peace and searching for that joy. And this is something I'm really thankful for. And what I'd like to do, Jen, is just take some elements of Advent as part of of what we're thankful for and be really intentional about how we're going to open up our hearts and minds to letting them into our lives personally and professionally um, yeah. over the next couple of weeks. And the first one really that let's point to is waiting. Part of Advent and this time of year is recognizing the importance and the meaning in waiting. Jen, any thoughts in particular about how this concept of waiting is really applicable right now and how you're thankful for applying it? I'm thankful for applying it because I think it does come down to time. And I I am definitely one of those people, and I think a lot of our listeners will resonate with this too, that I'm incredibly time conscious, driven by deadlines, um, constantly thinking about what's next and how does everything line up. And even if I don't make the spreadsheet as, as nice as Laura can make it, like that's still the way my brain lays out. And I'm thankful for a season that reminds me that 
God's time and my time aren't the same. And there are things, there is a beauty in the waiting. There's a beauty in the anticipation that I can't put a thumbtack on of saying this is going to happen and it's not in my hands. And so what happens for me in those moments, moments is it does give me a little more room to be present in the now. Because if I'm not so bent on, I know when the next thing is and I'm making sure I'm ready for it, then I'm a little more present exactly where I am. I love that, Jen. And then I think it takes us next to the element of Advent that I'm thankful for in hope, right? So mm-hmm. hope is a huge element of Advent. And this one's really special to me because I think, okay, if 2020 was a dumpster fire, 2021 <laughs> has been a container fire. Okay, go with me on this. I said uh-huh. this, I've said this in a couple forums this week. It's getting lots of laughs, which we all know thrills me to pieces. So 2021 has been a container fire. It is, these have not been easy times and it's really easy to be consumed by the darkness um, as opposed to the light that comes with that fire. And I think I love the concept of hope in these weeks as we prepare for Christmas and being reminded that no matter where we are right now and how dark this time may seem, there is a light and there is a hope and a peace and a joy and they're all right there ready for us in God's time. And I'm really enjoying that chance to pause. And I'm really grateful for this season that's going to remind me to point to, look to, and embrace hope. Yeah. I think that's really good, Laura. And I think I like the fact that, you know, you're pulling in that, that light metaphor of we've had a lot of fires and a lot of things that feel like we've been consumed in the last year and a half with those fires. And yet, that that fire that's a consuming fire is also a refining fire and and it there's there is that piece of light and that takes us to that other aspect that we brought up which is reflection and taking the time to say what did we learn in that and how does it allow us to then be hopeful for the future or what did we learn in that that we need to pause right now and make sure we don't unlearn And I think the specific one, just to bring that in for everybody a little bit, is the fact that, you know, as things have started and fully reopened again, like our calendars have gone bananas in ways that a year ago we were all saying, oh, it's been so great being forced to make a little more time at home. And then we went and gave all the way, you know, all that time away again. And so one of the things this season can do for us is that period of stopping and going, wait. And this is maybe back to my false start restart that I was trying to explain earlier is having that reflective moment to go, what are some things that we ran back into and we forgot already the lesson we learned and how can we maybe put that lesson a little more firm under our feet? I really like that, Jen. And I do think no matter what the next couple of weeks bring for you personally, um, whether it's even more craziness at work and it feels like it's impossible or it is a a time where you feel alone because people that have been in your life are no longer there. And this season has a way of highlighting that which you don't have just as much as it highlights that which you do have. I hope that one of the other things that goes along with this Advent concept is that you do prepare room and use this season as a chance to be thankful for the opportunity to prepare room for new things, prepare room for the quiet to think and reflect and learn, prepare room 
for what the new year is going to bring to you, whether it's the relationships like I'm so keyed into right now or the opportunities at new things professionally, um, and even practicing that saying no so that you can prepare room for the opportunity to say yes to new and exciting things that are going to come at you as we turn the calendar into 2022. This is a really exciting time of year. And Jen, I really am just thankful um, for the great relationships in my life, um, including the one with you, that allow us this opportunity mm -hmm. to spend the next few weeks yeah. really creating room and space for thankfulness and reflection and looking forward to the opportunities that are to be. Super thankful. So thankful for all the things we listed earlier, but thankful for this season. So whenever you're listening to this, this season, these moments, these weeks, we all want to make the most of them. And Laura, we've even been talking about things in recent weeks on this podcast that I feel like are things I want to spend more time thinking through in this season of reflection and hoping and anticipating of, you know, things like the minding and the making and the things like the confidence we've talked about. And so, you know, again, just encouraging these moments. So back to the presidential proclamations and decrees, this is a time for thanks. And I've really enjoyed bantering with you on our thankfulness. And I hope others get a chance to do the same. Happy Thanksgiving. As Laura said, happy Thanksgiving from us to you. We are so very thankful for all of you, for the ways that you enrich our lives and the chance that we get to do this. This is fun for us. So thank you for listening. We hope it's made you laugh, made you think, and helped you grow in your industrious life.